you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast have been tweeting weird lately. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Sirius XM. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room that is just loaded. Filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Friday show. Well, I mean, first of all, the <laughs> Friday show is designated to start at 11 a.m. Pacific time, California clock, and it is 11:40, and we are just getting going. Well, we pushed it back. And to Wes, 11:15. Wes, you know, Wes organized a. a critical doctor's appointment for himself at around 1.15 in Beverly Hills. He will not be making it. He'll be I there. promise you he will not get okay. there on time. He'll be fine. He'll With be it, fine. you walk in, like depressing little magazines on those tables, which are the most depressing thing, the little magazines. And I mean, doctors. you could be There's all... There's no time to read those. You could be all aggro and angry about it, or you could recognize that in the history of six years of this show, we've had a lot of you know, 15 minute, 20 minute chit chats before the show that just like we're totally wasting time. I, I think this is the best one we've ever had. It was I mean, good. it was I would a say number of topics. I, I'm all for it, but it went maybe astounding directions. I thought we were going to start 20 minutes ago and it just well, kept they were, going. it was 10 or 11 topics that you chose to talk about, Greg. So I understand <laughs> no, why you like the conversation. But what regular... if we were to table the chit chat for after and it would be voluntary? You could stay or you leave and get on with your day. You know why it's better before? And I'll say this that. We've been working together for years now, and our jobs have evolved in that time. And we used to sit together every day, you know, five, six days a week, eight hours a day, sit together. Hey, that's the show right there. Hey, you can just, show. You hey. just put a, a hey. microphone downstairs. The mic's down there. That's the podcast. <laughs> put the mics down there, and you got your show. Um, and We'd that, be doesn't, done with it by that now. doesn't happen as much anymore. And I do know um, the habits of the room that once the show's over. <laughs> It's a cloud of dust and everyone's gone. 25 men, 25 camps. <laughs> so the only time I could keep you here, Mark, and have you in a conversation is 
when you're basically a hostage and you have to be here talking to us. <laughs> That's that you're not wrong, but I will say I am. My concern is around Wes's, uh, you know, health. I mean, you were though you were diving in at certain points. You were asking about the decor of Wes's. Uh, well, totally facetiously dentist. to continue. I, my, my, I kept saying, please, can we move along? And we um, have proof of that. Can we move along now? Because we do have a lot to get to, and Wes does have to get to the author Don. Yeah, they'll they'll survive if I'm a few minutes late. Mm-hmm. Mark Friday made it sh- seem like it was a cancer appointment. He's like, he has a really, really important. Well, I'm just picking up retainers for my teeth. Dental health matters. Um, very Some. important. Dental health. Do not ignore your teeth. There was a poster in my old dentist office when I was a kid. Ignore your teeth, and they'll go away. It's a true story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Harsh. That's true. All right. Coming up on today's show. Yes, the preseason kicked off in earnest on Thursday night. Bunch of games. How many games do we have? Eleven eight or nine. Healthy and too many games. Uh, so we'll uh, take a quick spin around the league. We're not going to dig into it game by game. I will be letting you know where we are in the standings. Uh, but uh, we'll so will the lines. Some general takeaways from the action on Thursday. Also. Uh, something we did last summer, we're bringing it back because you know how it is. You know how it is with our show that, uh, and any show, really, the NFL has haves and have-nots in terms of uh, what teams move the needle, what teams are fun to talk about, what teams maybe would be fun to talk about if they got more love, but they tend not to. So that's why um, we are bringing back the segment, what you people don't know about teams no one is talking about, (laughs) dot, 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 or maybe it's just us. Maybe people are talking about these teams, but not in this studio. You, people should know that you really get a kick out of this segment. I enjoy it. In fact, I will be moderating this segment uh, to make sure that none of the teams, and we'll get to this a little bit later, that have come up often on the show, and we have a group of 14, um, will be mentioned once during that segment. This was needed. We tend to go into ruts around June and July where we only talk about half the league and ignore the other half the league. So we're going to study that other half of the league. And how many other podcasts out there have the self-awareness to even do a segment like this? Think about that. To Th- even point 30 out to, their own 30 to 40, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before that, let's do some news. What we're hearing presented by SiriusXM. Hit it, Ricky. From 43, Elliot Fry. a standing ovation for a preseason field goal. I'll tell you what, it's important. It's continued from Bourbonnet to Chicago, the excitement for the Bears kicker in this competition. How about that? Elliot Fry, you can't make this stuff up. His seconds are ticking off the clock in the uh, Bears-Panthers preseason opener. Uh, They spiked the ball, 43-yard field goal. And guess what? Actually, they didn't spike the ball. Clock's running. Ron Rivera, the opposing coach, calls timeout, and he wasn't doing it to be a jerk. He was trying to help the Bears because everybody knows Matt Nagy's obsessed with the 43-yarder, going back to the double doink in the playoffs. And John Fox, uh, Ron Rivera said, you know what is funny? I did that to help the Bears because they are in a kicking contest, Rivera said via ESPN.com. How about that? What a cooperative coach he is. An opposing coach to do that for Matt Nagy? Riverboat's a good man. 
Negi taking the opposite approach. Like Sean Payton and the Saints, they don't even mention what's happened the last couple of years. They just move right on. Nagy is just thinks that obsessing about it is the what, best way to go. What, happen, in. what happens if Small Fry misses that kick yesterday? What if he double doinks that kick? Does Nagy just run off into the wilderness and we never see him again? Or, you know, he he just jumps in the ocean and just goes swimming until he disappears. We're getting close to that, that kind of an event, I think, with Nagy. All right. Let us start the news with Antonio Brown and a soap opera that is uh, exploding in Oakland just at a time when all the cameras there for are there for hard knocks. We'll start here. We'll start the story with a report uh, from Chase Williams of WPXI in Pittsburgh who uh, put it out there that Brown had gone, quote, radio silent and that the Raiders had, quote, no clue where Brown is or the status of his injured foot. And, of course, we talked about it, the frostbitten feet from the cryogenic chamber uh, that has hindered him and kept him out of almost all of training camp. So there has been a disconnect with Brown and the Raiders. He is getting treatment on his own, um, and now more now. So Michael Gelkin of the Las Vegas Review Journal reports that Brown is expected to rejoin the Raiders, quote, in the near future, which is good news. Uh, but then Mike Silver, our own Mike Silver, drops a silver bomb. You know, like a woge bomb? We need some type of silver bomb thing. A 20-part thread. Now, you, you could ask, hey, Mike, why didn't you just use, like, the open up a document and write all this stuff and send out one tweet? I would imagine maybe there's a social media reason virally to have twenty a twenty point. Well, thread. it's paying off as I as I look at it live. The retweets and likes up. are so there it is a twenty part thread that gets more into what is going on between Antonio Brown and the Raiders behind the scenes. And Greg, this is all over the place, but uh, and the the short of it is is that yes, he has this foot issue going on, but there's more behind the scenes, including uh, issue with the NFL's updated helmet safety rules that has caused. <laughs> A major havoc behind the scenes. Let's start there. What are you seeing in the silver thread? <laughs> well, Antonio Brown is upset about the NFL's enforcement of helmet regulations. Basically, they have taken helmets which have been tested to be less safe and provide uh, less protection against concussions out of the mix. This has been a, a multi-year process. They had kind of a, a year last year where players could still wear some of the helmets that were towards the bottom of their unsafe, but they had to get out of it. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady were some of these players that were still wearing the old helmets. Once you got to this offseason, you're no longer allowed to wear the helmet, and apparently that kick-started a off-season saga, which is hilarious in its details, of Antonio Brown going crazy about these helmets to the point where Adam Schefter says the helmet issue is more of the reason why he's away from the team right now. He's, than the, earlier than the in the off-season program, he stormed off the complex <laughs> so angry about the rules uh, uh, with the new helmets, and he is repeatedly... It's ironic because the NFLPA completely supports this. It's the <laughs> NFL actually proactively paying lots of money for research to try to save the players' brains, essentially. Right. It, you know, all the things that the players have it's rightly been complaining good. about for years, but he is uh, it, upset about it. There is one detail in here, and it's number 13 on, on <laughs> Silver's 20-tweet uh, description here, that, that Antonio Brown <laughs> went to the extent to at one point take the field with his old helmet, his preferred helmet, which he had since had repainted with colors approximating 
but not completely mimicking there was the, the Raiders' silver and black design. <laughs> he went out of his way to hire someone, I'm imagining. I had to, yeah. To get the right silver and black or, color tones, and it didn't this, quite look right. Or is this, who knows, you know, maybe A.B.'s taking advantage oh, God, of the, what's legal in California and, so you know, having a day with his kids, and, you know, they're, and just, it's, they're just painting it's it a stick figure pirate with an eye patch. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> and this is, uh, that was, I guess, the high point or low point of him trying to get this uh, now illegal helmet on the field. But this has been going on before he hurt his feet through OTAs and practices where he kept on trying to get on the field with the helmet and the Raiders kept on telling him you have to take it off and he would say he was going to follow the rules but try to try to beat it. But then there's even more even behind helmet gate uh, that he's uh, um, struggling to uh, get to uh, meetings on time. He appears, quote, unfocused in them, according to Mike Silver. Uh, according to witnesses, this is tweet number 19 in the thread, uh, typically Brown glances at the screens of several tablets and his smartphone during meetings, dis- distracting himself by engaging in activities which include perusing his bank accounts and, quote, <laughs> liking photos on Instagram. Still, one source says the meeting thing isn't that bad, but the feet, helmet, and going dark is an issue. You're damn right it's an issue. And we, we knew the honeymoon was not going to last between Antonio Brown and John Gruden and maybe Antonio Brown and anyone in organized professional football. But this thing has a potential to careen into a total avalanche of poop here. And, <laughs> and I, you know, is he on the field? Is he a member of the Raiders when they become the Vegas Raiders? Is, how long is this going to last, this marriage? Because it is off to a rollicking start. Well, as you might imagine, Raiders coaches and players are talking about this amongst themselves. And according to Silver, one of the coaches said it was, quote, honestly, the most insane thing I have ever heard. I don't know why it's so important to him. It doesn't make sense. I would say you dig your due diligence on this guy and you found the insanity in his past. This guy is playing a team sport and he sent a figurative middle figure to the fans the coaches and players of the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. The Steelers are laughing their asses off right now. You know they are. I mean, it's important to note that the, this helmet guideline is affecting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players who are equally passionate about their equipment and have a fondness for a certain type of helmet and have had to switch. And this one person is the one <laughs> responding this way. A difficulty that tons of others are dealing with, too, and adjusting to. And it's mm. you stand out with that type of behavior, and the questions rise up about Antonio Brown. And, you know, it's I guess for us it's delightful because we get to watch all this unfold on Hard Knocks. But it was a year ago that we were working with someone like Mike Mayock who has to be going nuts that this is taking place on a public stage or Gruden, that he has to deal with this. And they already didn't answer questions about the frostbite. But they you get what you well, pay for. Well, you get what you pay for. It I don't informs, have any sympathy for them. It informs some of the frustration that we saw from Gruden, even on Hard Knocks, about the feet, because that seemed like almost a, a very frustrating story, but almost annoying. And it wasn't. But this kind of informs maybe why they've been getting uh, so frustrated. And it's fascinating because he's the he's the best receiver that I've. That I think I've covered, and you know, since I've been covering the league, is Antonio Brown. Like that's that's the reason we're talking about it is because he's one of the all-time greats. And we're not. None of us are informed enough, and nobody following the NFL, unless you really know the man, uh, are informed enough. But I wonder if he's okay mentally. Like he just seems to be completely out there. And is it is he able to really get along with anyone, or is it is it to the point where he just exists on planet Antonio? 
and this weird stuff is always going to be following him around now. His, his career got to that point despite being a fantastic talent. We talked about it on Wednesday, Greg. In the one practice we did see in that Hard Knocks premiere, he just blew everyone off the field. He's that good. He's a super-duper star. He's going to wear the jacket in Canton. But I just wonder where he's at mentally and whether he can – really function on a team in 2019 and beyond. That's the next time he'll be allowed to wear that helmet. He'll just put it on for his speech at Canton. He loves it so much. <laughs> I wonder if he's sitting at home right now wherever he is wearing the helmet, just watching like Netflix. <laughs> loves that helmet. I, I know for me personally, like I stay away from looking at my bank account. There's nothing about it that no, I need to be yeah, checking more Leave than it once open. in a while. It's like, hey, four figures here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome move, though, to just, like, leave it open and it has, like, $412 in it. <laughs> like, what? Take a look. What? <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the news. Yes, a fascinating situation unfolding in Oakland. Moving on. Cleveland Browns news. Duke Johnson no longer connected to the Brownies. He gets his wish traded away from the team to the Houston Texans. Uh, Browns announced it on Thursday. Pels. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported Houston will send Cleveland a fourth-round pick in the 2020 draft that can become a third-rounder if Johnson is active for 10 games. A pretty good chance this becomes a third-round pick going back to Cleveland. Um, We all know that this was kind of a controversy around the Browns at Duke Johnson. Unhappy with his role in the team, Kareem Hunt comes aboard. He's kind of number three in line in that um, depth chart. Wanted out. Didn't seem like it was going to happen. Well, it does. He's out of town, and he joins a Texans team that really needed an upgrade in the backfield with Lamar Miller, who, as much as I once loved him, is an underwhelming uh, three-down back. Now you have a great receiving uh, running back back there. It makes a lot of sense for them. But the cost, West is a little high, I thought. They a paid a premium for a team with many roster needs, not just this year, but going forward. They have many roster needs. Uh, he fills exactly what their backfield uh, needs they they need a passing down compliment to Lamar Miller. I just wonder would a team with a GM allow the coach to to fulfill this wish? Hmm. It's a good question. He has, I think it's worth noting he has two years left on his contract, so it's not just this year, and at what I think is a very affordable contract. So you're getting a, a good deal. I don't I don't hate it. It it definitely makes their team significantly better this year. Like they needed they needed it, and I I've always thought Duke Johnson could handle more. Than, than he does, and even if he doesn't, he's just one of the best passing down backs since he's been drafted. Mark, and he, he's not missed a game in his career. He, he's he's certainly not been a star for Cleveland because I think he's no one's really found a way to maximize him entirely. And then when you got guys like Nick Chubb, he's just not featured as a as a featured back, which he's asked to be. He wanted to be that coming out of Miami, but I think they should get the third rounder, barring. Something You're annoyed, that, though, because Kareem Hunt's I, not back till week nine, and I do, do think it, it makes the Browns worse. It's, for the first well, it's you know a bit of a mea culpa, though, because one thing I learned about myself is that I need to... I need to um, when Browns news happens, and <laughs> what I do is I just tweet emotionally, and I'm not... And, and I think that my analysis was a little off, because I, I, was, I felt like they just gave him away because, you know, suddenly he's got a new agent, Drew Rosenhaus, who went into Cleveland and said, I want this, and so... You know, weeks later, he's out. For and I and I get to the third round pick, um, which is the largest compensation for a running back, per some research, since Trent Richardson was shipped wow. out of Cleveland. So, you know, I, I was I think that I my initial reaction was off, and that I thought the Browns basically just caved into wishes when they got they got good compensation back. But I don't 
love That's big the, you, Mark. I don't love the timing. <laughs> well, and also that I'm texting you guys like all this stuff where you don't need that. Like, I think I told oh, Dan to. It. I think I told Dan to die at one point because he. I did. Said I said he, uh, my response was to the trade once it was. On, I said, "Wow, you know." Third round pick potentially. That's a nice return for your third string running back. Mark's re- reply: Die. Well, I mean, so how about I? I you know, I le- need to learn to grow a little bit. And like I, and I'm not. I'm going to try to not treat one team in the I league differently. But I really hope know. the Browns win Week One. It's, I just want them to set the tone of of positivity. There's a lot riding on. My it. concern, though, is is this because we'll get into another bit of news that happened to Cleveland is when you when you start to look at your roster as you've got riches at all these positions that you can give away. Uh, you know, I, I think they, they might very well need Duke Johnson. They, they have some other guys up beyond Nick Chubb that are showing some promise even last night in the game. But I don't like the idea of just handing away Duke Johnson this far before you get Kareem Hunt. If you could have done it closer to the trade deadline, which is there's no surety that you could, I would have been happier with the timing. The other news is that Antonio Callaway, their promising second-year wide receiver, has been suspended four games for a substance abuse violation. Um, this, the 22-year-old who really did flash re- last year as a rookie, um, if you remember, he was cited for marijuana possession and driving with a suspended license last August. But Mike Garofolo, our own Mike Garofolo, reports the suspension stems from a separate incident. Uh, that marijuana charge, by the way, the one I mentioned there, was dismissed in February. So, uh, and in which is, you know, a little bit refreshing on my end, he released a statement taking responsibility for his actions and saying, I'm going to eat the suspension, and that's what it is, uh, instead of fighting it. So Callaway out on the shelf, four games. Your thoughts there, Mark? Well, I mean, so suddenly you don't have Duke Johnson, you don't have Callaway. And this offense that's super deep is just simply not as deep. And and a couple injuries going the wrong way could turn Cleveland into a different type of roster. I would say the thing that they have going for them, and this continued into, I realize it's just one game, but last night, ever since Baker Mayfield took over, I thought that Rashard Higgins went from being someone who was cuttable and essentially a zero asset to someone who's growing as a wide receiver. And he played really well last night. I think he just, he, he, that you need a third guy. And I get that you have Beckham and Landry. But and, and you know Cap- what's funny? He's their third guy. Yeah, what a great situation you are guy. in. Even with this, these, these, this news items. That these are hits to your depth, and that's important to have depth. But you, Landry and Beckham are superior receivers. Uh, uh, Chubb and Hunt, when he comes back, are superior rushers. I think the Browns are still in very good shape right now. I just think that they, the one thing about them is their, their early schedule, and I think the chemistry issues in general, are. there's a lot of challenges out there. It could be a rough start. And where are you by the time Kareem Hunt comes back? When you're trying to get rid of the haunted house? and turn the page and institute a new culture, you don't need the ghost of Josh Gordon hanging around. No. This is a little mm. too soon. Uh, moving well on. Did you know, by the way, that th- there's still litigation going around around the NFC Championship game? Saints fans, and specific, specifically uh, one particularly angry super fan. He's a lawyer. Uh, Wes, you got any good lawyer jokes? I Forget all of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just thought like a mailman would have like – well, I work- jokes on <laughs> hey, the it's like, a, hey, where's the, you know, the best place for a law office to be? I worked at a law firm for 10 saying. years. Tell oh, them what right. you wore and to your interview. Tell them what you wore to the interview. Oh, to my law firm interview yeah. in 1997? I've told this before. A dangling earring. <laughs> and what was on <laughs> it? Right. A crucifix. <laughs> Isn't that Barry Bonds' yeah. like, Giants earring from the early 90s? Yeah. That's amazing. I want the punchline to I got the job, though. Dan got it. Bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Did they tell you never wear that earring again? Yes. Which, by the way, that was infringing on your religious beliefs at the time. 
I, I out of bounds. I am office. not a person who gets offended by that <laughs> stuff, but um, yeah, nobody tells better lawyer jokes than lawyers. Yeah. Anyway, so there's the super fan Tony Lamont. He had filed a um, fraud suit against the NFL uh, before the Super Bowl and uh, connected to the blown pass interference call in the NFC title game. And he, because he's a lawyer and he knows the little tricks. He crafted the suit so that the damage stay under a certain figure. It's $75,000, which means it stays in state courts and in front of, most likely, judges that support the Saints. So he's trying to work in everything. <laughs> now, the problem here is that, you know, uh, and then on top of it, the courts then ruled in Louisiana that NFL commissioner Roger Goodell and three game officials would have to be deposed in September. I mean, what a waste of taxpayers' money. Uh, it's a football game. Anyway, the NFL is appealing that ruling, and now the Saints have to, because they don't want to get involved with this, they've had to come out and file a brief in support of the league. I mean, the final insult to injury for the Saints. Now we have to support the NFL to drop a lawsuit against you ruining our franchise with a horrible PI call. It's a wild scenario going on, and it is very much up in the air. There is the possibility that league figures, including the top of the mm. food chain, Goodell, has to uh, answer, answer what, questions. What's to his this. name? Tony Lamont. Yeah, I adore what he's done. Mm. I think it's beautiful. It's chaotic. It's strange. It I is. love it. This it man needs chaotic. to spend a week in jail. They should. Someone um, should do like a countersuit uh, to Drew Brees for throwing an interception to start overtime. People kind of forget that. They do. It's such a great comment. It's like overtime starts. <laughs> Drew Brees immediately throws an interception that gives the Rams the win. And no one's mentioned that once since then. It just It's worth mentioning. And a little bit more context. The NFL is arguing in their quest to dismiss this entire travesty uh, that the lawsuit, if it proceeds, would allow other fans, thousands of fans, to sue the league whenever they want over something as simple as a missed call. Uh, which is fair. Third strike that was called a ball. Sue the league. <laughs> what? Th- this man should be in jail, wasting time and money. There you go. Wes. I, I, my counterpoint. I find it delicious. You're an agent of chaos. You should be Mark. in jail too. <laughs> All right, let's spin around. Um, a lot of injury stuff to go through, so it'll be kind of quick here. Robert Quinn, you, you know, it's on my radar that he'd have the club. Uh, early in the season because he had that thumb surgery for the Cowboys. Well, it might avoid the club because he's not playing. Robert Quinn's availability for week one uh, was already in question because of that fractured le- fractured left hand. Well, now he won't be available weeks one or two, suspended for using a masking agent. And, yes, uh, he fired out an angry um, statement saying he is innocent. Perhaps he is. I will not get into that right now unless you guys have a take. Other injuries. Nate Sudfeld, broken wrist for the Eagles. So their depth chart uh, just got uh, lighter there behind Carson Wentz. Cody he, Kessler. Uh, wow, really? Uh, he I mean, won- it's not like Sudfeld is necessarily super trustworthy, although he's made some throws in the looked- preseason. That is a big drop-off. From I Carson remember John DeFilippo, when I interviewed him for that one story I did, talked up. Sudfeld. They got, put a lot of resources in He's got a Sudfeld. big arm. I mean, yeah. That's, he's played well. That's their situation if Carson Wentz gets hurt again. He's expected to miss six weeks. He had surgery today, Friday. Gabe Jackson, uh, the Raiders' right guard, will miss approximately eight weeks with an MCL injury. The Athletics' Vic Taffer. Uh, Taffer? John Taffer? Vic Taffer? Greg? I mean, Greg's his name mentioned earlier he's getting a lot of play that's today. Two time, three times he's been mentioned Taffer? on this show. I don't know. I think so. I know he's a buddy of... Uh, Mike Silver's from back then. That's a big loss. I think if the Raiders are going to be good, it's going to be 
or surprising, it's going to be because of their offense, and it's going to be because their offensive line uh, is better, and he's a big part. Well, of they that. they gave up the. Th- it, it's easy to forget Carr has been beaten up in some of these games in the past. They gave up the third most sacks last year, and your wide receivers on the lamb. Uh, there were games last year where Carr could not operate because of his line, and I don't think they're any better this year. Terrible setback for Jermaine Curse, the veteran wide receiver, trying to get his career back on track with the Detroit Lions. That won't happen in 2019. He's been diagnosed with a broken left leg and, quote, assorted injuries to his ankle. Very ugly uh, play in the preseason opener against the Patriots. So um, Curse is at 29 years old. This is going to be a tough one to come back for. From good luck to him, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Vita Vea. First round pick last year. Uh, Defensive lineman uh, Adam Schefter reports that he's been diagnosed with a sprained LCL and will be sidelined six to eight weeks. They hope they hope he'll Mm. be ready and before that. uh, But week one, not looking too hot. Now, there is a transition, by the way, Greg. You talked about this earlier in the week. Any injury that happens. What's today? August 9th. Any injury that happens before August 7th. Everyone, I'll probably be ready for week one. <laughs> Once you hit August 9th, all of a sudden, okay. it pushes back, and it's like, uh, probably not. They're hoping week two, week three. Probably a good chance he misses the open. There is that cutoff. Anyway, Vita is on the other side of that. Bad news for him because, you know, they're expecting a lot. LCL is no joke. That's more serious than an MCL. Their, their D-line looked like it could be, if they were healthy, kind of spicy. A little Vita Vea and Sue stopping the run in the middle, but that's a big loss. A lot of a lot of uh, Niners injury news to go through. Nick Bosa questionable for week one. So he's right. He was right on the borderline yeah. <laughs> right there. He was right on the Dalton line there uh, when he hurt that ankle earlier this week. He's questionable for week one. It's uh, John Lynch. The Niners GM said it's not a full blown high ankle sprain, which is that could kill your season or ruin half of one. Uh, but it's got components to it. That doesn't sound good. No, not at all. You know what that sounds like? A high ankle sprain. Yeah. <laughs> Jared McKinnon, add him to the list of people. The running back for the Niners got a PRP injection. Who's excited? That, that of course, is the uh, platelet. Platelet rich. rich. Platelet rich plasma injection, which is just taken off. Um, Where they take out your blood and spin it and then put it back in, right? And not only that, it's yeah, I tweeted a little bit about it, and I heard about a procedure called the uh, vampire facial. Which is a popular now, move, family show. A popular move among celebrities where they use PRP technology to uh, take out your blood and then inject it into your face. I would say that there. I, I know for a fact that there is a young star quarterback's <laughs> wife vampire who facial. does vampire facials on the. What rack. a name, though! That's... I just want to thank Greg for bringing this to my attention. That is my fantasy team name. <laughs> For my team, Vampire Facial. I'm writing it down right now so I don't forget. Vampire. It just sounds awesome. I watched one live on an Instagram story uh, being being done, and it <laughs> is quite a sight. So I had never heard of it until today when, when people responded about the Vampire Facial. Well, I'll tell you offline it's, it's who does thing. it. You can see it yourself. Ricky, any experience yourself with a Vampire Facial? Yeah, a couple. How do, really? No. 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 <laughs> You're a ridiculous human being. She's like, I'm three years away from being able to afford that. Um, Jason Verrett, the Niners cornerback, has a what was deemed a not a minor ankle injury. He'll miss the entire preseason. Uh, rap sheet um, reported earlier that it was minor, but Kyle Shanahan, the Niners coach, said the opposite. So not a good look there. And also, finally, Kwan Williams, 
uh, Niners defensive back. He's out for the entire preseason after a scope mm. on his knee. So the Niners are all sorts of beat up. Now, the good thing is you don't hear anything about Jimmy G. In fact, you hear everything is good about how his, his uh, progress is. But uh, especially you hate the Nick Bosa one because that sounds like something that could potentially throw his entire rookie year off track. And he missed a lot of the OTA season, too, with a different injury. And you do just... And his brother st- struggled to stay healthy as well. Right. I don't... You know, you hate to say, like, if someone's injury-prone or not, but he is he is a crucial, crucial part of the 49ers' defense getting better. And if they don't have him, and if D Ford is not 100%, mm. then suddenly that whole rebuild doesn't look nearly as That's impressive. been the story of this, of this rebuild, is constant injuries. And I look at a guy like... Jarek McKinnon, you go out and you went out and got Tevin Coleman. You have Matt Breida. Are they already, I mean, are we at the point where maybe Jarek McKinnon never really becomes a large part of this offense? They're team building he around him. He sounds like an IR point. boomerang guy. They blew it by having him practice lightly for a day. They can't put him on the PUP list. Also sounds like a request a pay cut guy. I, I yeah, think you're not wrong. That sounds right. Haircut? Take a haircut. Take a haircut. All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, some takeaways from preseason opener action. Uh, for, well, let me start. Where about is it? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, what is the NFL about? What's what's sports about? Who won and who lost? So we'll take a quick look at the standings. <laughs> We're gonna dig into that a little bit deeper later. Uh, yeah, just be aware. I just want you guys to be aware that for all the excitement. And all the hype and all the pop around the Atlanta Falcons. Well, guess who's 0-2 right now? Mm. Not, yeah. not the Detroit Lions. 0-2, my friends. All right. Greg, what was the takeaway you had from watching football? No, it's football. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count. But it is something that we could actually watch takeaways from the action. There's not a ton in, in the first preseason week, but the thing I think it can be valuable is just identifying a young player or two like Preston Williams in Miami who made more plays in that game with Josh Rosen than plenty of guys making their entire career. Like Laquan Treadwell's <laughs> never made – he hasn't made close to three to four of the plays that Preston Williams made in that, in that game. So it's just like, hey, here's someone to watch. Like it was incredible the athleticism he showed on all four of his catches. He's been great in camp. He might be, you know, in their top three receiver rotation. It's just like, hey, if you're a Dolphins fan, get excited. Rosen was a little up and down, but ultimately moved the ball up and down the field. And it's had, a nice throw. Had three, four, five really nice throws. So it's kind of like, to, okay, um, I like the, if you're a Dolphins fan, hey, there's something. I guess I have to check this game out or I'll just take your guys' word for it. But the one thing I heard about Rosen is that he threw a bad pick, but the, he was worked behind a second-team line. In the, they were so bad. And it was comically bad. Yeah, and, and what can you learn about Josh Rosen – or any quarterback when you literally you have a turnstile in front of you. That's a tough situation. How do you beat how do you beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick? How do you stay healthy? How do you make plays? Uh, he, he, what he did last year, I saw a little bit last night where under duress he made a couple really nice throws and he's he been set, doing that his whole career. He settled down. He had a couple touchdown drives and would have been a couple more teammate fumbled. I think it was a po- he's had a positive couple this weeks. This coach also said he needs to rain down the Cowboys. Yeah, there was one one particular throw where a guy is all over him and he just totally just threw it up in the air and Preston Williams came down with it, but it was it was lucky. Um I watched the Jets Giants game and a uh, couple takeaways. First of all, damn it. Sam Darnold looks good. I'm so excited for him. By the way, the Jets uniforms look good too. Anybody else take a look at them? 
I, I, I strongly I like disagree the about the helmets, but I, if you're happy with it, that's all that no, matters. I, 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 I don't like the, the helmets. I like them. I like them. They somehow, what I think they pulled off is they really did take the 90s uniform and kind of merge it with the their reboot, their Back to the Future uniforms. I like the helmets. Okay. I just, I they're like a little too glittery for me, no, but like I'm, I'm cool with it. Like if you're it. cool with it, we're good. But more importantly, Sam Darnold looks good. Now, the Giants were all out of whack in the first. Darnold played just one possession, but he carved them up. Um, five completions through a touchdown pass. Jameson Crowder, you want to look, we're, we're not going to the fantasy extravaganza yet, but Jameson Crowder is a guy on the radar. Um, the way that offense runs uh, and with the way Adam Gase operates, remember how Jarvis Landry, how he piled up receptions. Uh, I could see Crowder being a guy that approaches 100 catches maybe if he stays healthy, which is a big part of it. Uh, Adam Gase used smelling salts before kickoff. An amazing little <laughs> bit of video that like circulated across Twitter last night. What did that do to his eyes? Uh, it was well, it did what you imagine that it would do. Dan Pompey over at the Athletic wrote a, a piece about uh, Gase um, that was illuminating, including because my wife, for instance, my beautiful Emily, both our children, uh, C-section births, and it is a I don't know. Anything, Simone? Naturals? No, no. Okay. I'm sure Emily's excited that this is being broadcast to uh, no, multiple it's, people. It's it's a beautiful thing. Or maybe it's, maybe, it's, uh, maybe she is excited. Is what I'm saying. It's it's thank God for science yeah. because and and medical technology because, women, Mark, you have an issue for thousands of years. Women died on operating tables before these things were an option. I don't have a stance on C-section. <laughs> Mark, I just, Mark I'm preferred, saying like Mark I, preferred those days when women would die. <laughs> You know, that is, I am being spoken for, not correctly. Anyway, having been there for two C-section births, it is a major, major surgery to the point where to get the baby out, you have to remove organs and you set them outside the body and then put them oh. back in. This is a real thing. And I, I lived it. And I'll tell you what, Adam Gase in this profile by Dan Pompey, right after the baby came out, there's another hour of surgery about to put everything back in place. He said, you good, honey? And she's like, okay. And he took off and went back to the Broncos facility to meet with, uh, with uh, Peyton Manning. That's wild. That it, is, it is. wild. I let like in Wes, you, I think you kind of talked about that being a bit of a puff piece around Gase. If you go look at Pompey's Twitter timeline, he dug into some other stuff that I found interesting. The, a little bit of the other side of the Adam Gase experience. I also, yeah, I had a, someone connected in, in the journalism world closely to the New York Jets that said that there is a lot more to Adam Gase that was not talked about in that piece. I mean, I find him fascinating. Mm. Um, I don't know if I trust him, but I find him fascinating. But anyway, so, and then in the other side of it, Wes, Daniel Jones, he goes five for five, throws a touchdown for the Giants. And after the, um, the touchdown drive, and of course, all the reporters asking, is this a real quarterback uh, competition. Now, you almost get the sense that Pat Shermer uh, would have rather Jones didn't do that because he wants this to go away. He wants, I think in, in the Giants' plan in their mind is they want Eli to start the season and then give way. But Jones does have the advantage of with actual g- games being played, if he goes off in these three or four preseason weeks, that's that's going to there's going to be a real loud drumbeat for him to play immediately. So it is mm. something to track. I don't think it's a total done deal that Eli's going to start week God one. forbid you want to play, if you're the coach, the better quarterback. I think it is a done deal, but these these preseason weeks are crucial. For... The leash can get a lot shorter, right. I guess. Right, that's what I mean. Rookie yeah. quarterbacks can put that 
thought into the coach's mind where if you play great in August, then maybe you're playing week three if Eli starts. I mean, Eli, Eli in the offense were booed off the field. Well, it was three downs and I'm just saying, off, so like, I whatever, mean, like, immense goodwill was there on the part of the fans is it's not, not there right now. They're ready now. to turn the page. So we'll see when it they actually happens. Daniel Jones every time he shows up to a Yankees game. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, confused, it's a confused group upset. at the moment. Dan, I think you misread my ire towards the Giants. Okay, go ahead. There's nothing I want more <laughs> than for Daniel Jones to be good and interesting so Giants fans have something to look forward to and the media mm. can start actually covering a team that's worthy of all the expectations they place on it perennially. It's exciting it. to see well West on the Giants bandwagon all of a sudden in the last couple episodes. <laughs> Wes, do you have a preseason takeaway? Can I do like two lightning ones that yes, don't need a whole please. lot of analysis, but just two? Christian Wade, the Bills running back from England, the rugby player, already way more intriguing than Jared Hayne ever was. What explosion on the touchdown yeah. run. Because there are fewer than one player, skill position player per team who have angle-beating speed with the ball in their hands, and this guy beat the angles with his speed. Who knows if he's a running back? I mean, I don't know if he can run between the tackles or do the things that are, have the instincts that a running back has, but on that one one play, he showed me that he's interesting. Um, and, and the second thing, if you viewed – Bears running back David Montgomery as a dark horse rookie of the year candidate and a major upgrade on Jordan Howard. His debut was solid confirmation bias. Talk about angle beaten speed and being able to stop on a dime. He looks really fun to watch. Yep. And Matt Nagy will know how to use him. Him and Cohen in the same backfield is going to be spicy. Mark? Um, a couple little nuggets. I thought along with Christian Wade, you know, the preseason you can – it, cool little things happen for around people that we may never see again in the regular season. In the Browns game, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe, who essentially snuck his way into a tryout by going up to Alonzo Highsmith after Googling him and, and pretending who, that he belonged to the tryout. It's like he, Willie Mays Hayes yeah, in Major was, League. He, he, was, he was a guy that in college had great return skills, and he returned an 86-yard punt return for score last night at the end of a romp over the Redskins that cleared the Browns bench. And one cool little footnote, he lost his cleats before the game, and Odell Beckham, who's taken a liking to him, said, wear mine. And he wore Odell Mm. Beckham's cleats when he ran that thing back. Secondly, bad news for old Geno Smith, who's out for seven to to ten days during a critical center of the preseason while Paxton Lynch went out and assassinated the Broncos. Revenge. Revenge. Part three, I wonder if Case Keenum is, as Greg, I think you noted a a, a solid month ago in a column, definitely someone they're trying to shop potentially. I don't know if you want to roll into the regular season without a veteran like him, but they started him last night. He made a nice throw. He's fine, but then Dwayne Haskins to me, very up and down. Made one awesome throw and then had Two killer picks. Next up, XFL for your boy Gino. Because if Paxton puts together one more of those performances, they're just going to say, yeah, let's develop the kid. It's a long preseason. Let's give it time. <laughs> it's not that long. I also love Jacoby <laughs> Myers because, Dan, where we grew up, Jacoby yes. and Myers was a long-running legal house ad that would nag you during <laughs> right. rerun if television. If you were staying home uh, from school. and there was In the New ex- England area. Yeah. So he's in the perfect In New England area spot. in the Northeast, uh, Jacoby and Myers was the TV legal powerhouse. But, of course, there was also call the law offices of Richard P. Ninemark because sometimes accidents happen. <laughs> and your anchor banker, well, the, he understands your anchor banker. She understands. The bigger, the bigger story is the guy, you know, is throwing at Jacoby Myers part of that game. I mean, the the search is over. The Patriots have their next Tom Brady. It's Jared Stidham. 
If you're lock him in, <laughs> looks good. He's the future. If you're keeping I'm all in score on at home, Maurice Harris lasted three days as the number one receiver in New England. Oh, I thought it was the same guy. No. no, I can't. I can't keep. My hey, guys. Harris! Harris scored the first touchdown of the preseason. He also had a bad mistake. And yes, also, I mean, on the other end of the spectrum, Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick, he looked like the number one overall pick. Um, all seven of his passes were uh, caught, uh, six of seven final. And uh, God, what is his ceiling as a rookie? They're fun. It, it's going to be very yeah. He looks like a guy who's been in the same offense since high school, and he has. What is he going to do this year? Uh, What's he going to do? Hopefully not it's get hurt. To think about hopefully it. not get hurt if they protect him like they did in that game where three different times free rushers came after him. That's why I think they they might have played him a little longer. Yeah. But going up against the other starters, he had to evade the rush like three different times, and he did it amazingly each time. But they're a bad offensive line that's already really hurt, and that that's I well. The say. challenge with that offense it's four or five wide receivers, tight end free with maybe a running back and five, a bad offensive line of five guys that need to – defenses are going to figure out right to go now, after yeah. the quarterback. So. Do we have to swap out? Because Christian Wade, by the way, circling back to the Bills, the former rugby player, he is all, he's assigned through the NFL's International Player Pathway Program. And uh, because of that, the Bills can carry him on their practice squad, uh, an extra player, and it, it, it's fine. Is Christian Wade going to replace Mo Bowringer for our updates? We got That's a conversation we have to have. Maybe we take it offline. But at what point do we pull the plug on Mo Bowringer as the guy we're tracking? I just don't want to. I don't want to lose the uh, the theme music that comes with Mo. Mobo, so if we can just shift Mobo's the music over to Christian somewhere. Wade, so. But yeah, if Mobo doesn't make it through into the season, maybe we I, it's put a, a clock on him through this preseason. On Mobo. I mean, he's been so highly relevant for up until this. Point. Henry Hodgson, our director of um, international, vice president of inter- international. He listens to every episode, and every time we talk about this, I could actually hear him in his office going, oh, Dan is such an ass. <laughs> well, Mobo's in trouble right now because the Bengals are rather deep at tight end. It's like probably the only position they're deep on the entire <laughs> roster. They have a second-round pick. They have C.J. Uzama, who's their starter, and they have Tyler Eifert. So we Mo- move him again Mobo's to another position? In trouble, I think. Shift him into the backfield. It's a versatile trouble. player we're talking about. All right. That's what's happening in the preseason. Heaven Sent Fragrance by Helena Rubenstein. Spray it on and heavenly things happen. Heaven Sent. Splash in it. Laugh in it. Live in it. Love in it. You'll find Heaven Sent Fragrance at Helena Rubenstein counters everywhere. Suddenly you're all the things that you wanted to be. Here we go. What you people don't know about teams no one is talking about, or maybe it's just us. All right, so here it is. Let's get into it. I already set it up in part at the top of the show. Uh, During this segment, there will be 14 NFL teams, some of which we talked about uh, already today, probably all of them. Uh, And for this segment, and this segment alone, they are not allowed to be the focus of any conversation. And beyond that, they cannot even be referenced in any way. And that includes not just the team name, but if you're talking about, for instance, uh, you know, the Patriots, you can't mention Bill Belichick. There is no reference to that team or anyone connected to it. And you'll be penalized for it. Here's this pink construction helmet that's been outside our studio for months. 
<laughs> um, get your wallets out because anytime you say wow. it, and I will be moderating this, okay? Anytime I hear it or Ricky Hollywood hears it, um, you will hear this. And team mentioned, and you will drop a dollar, and it will go to a charity of Greg's choice. I, I, you're missing an opportunity. The, the, the charity sounds great, but I thought you were going to say we have to wear that hat until the next person says oh, it, which might be. You know what? So better idea. Hot pink. Much Workman's better idea. <laughs> if you mention a team, thank you, Greg. You wear the hot pink helmet until someone else mentions a band team. Now I am not involved with this. I am a moderator. It's important that I'm here, so I cannot wear the pink helmet. Well, that is important. Wait, you're not making any of the I will not be. I have to be tracking this. It's important that someone is tracking. Well, we can track it when you talk. No, it's it's more important that uh, you have a a true moderator in this situation. Well, more important to you. (laughs) I will share thoughts, potentially, on uh, the various topics, uh, which would put me in line to wear the helmet. Um, However... Um, I will serve mostly as a moderator here. Let's get into it. So, so wait, what are the teams we can't talk about? Oh, here are the band teams. The New England Patriots, out. The Jets, out. The Take on. Dolphins, Fish Tank is out. Hmm. The Ravens, out. Get out of that nest. The Brownies, sorry, Mark, out. First team out. I mean, we've spent like 20 minutes on them already in the show. The Browns are out. Do you got to tell us <laughs> twice? The Texans are out. The Colts. Sorry, Wes. They <laughs> gone. They're not an August team. Broncos. Sorry, Wes. They gone. Raiders. Out. They gone. Cowboys. Out. <laughs> out. <laughs> Eagles. They gone. Mark, Browns out. Packers also out. (laughs) Rams out. Well, that makes Mark happy. And the Browns are out. Again, if you hear this, (laughs) that will mean that you have triggered the alarm. Way more AFC teams. I don't know what that says. I think it says that the Patriots, Jets, and Browns are all the AFC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, here we go. Let's get into it. Get us going, Greg. Oh, wow. Oh, so just – and again. Already, when do you guys start? All right, somebody else I, I can start. But start. I just want to say, talk about anything you want about those teams. So you have what? Okay. 14 teams. What does that mean? 18 teams to choose from. Mark, choose one. I'm going to talk about the Carolina Panthers, who last year, if you remember, uh, I had a list of teams that were annoying me highly and that I simply didn't believe like in. Like who? Name a couple. Packers? Well, Oh, uh, Wes, oh, you just so easy. fell for that. I mean, so easy, Wes. Put on the pink helmet. It's going to look good on Wes, this helmet. <laughs> that was so easy. It can't go on over. Oh, no, we can make it happen. No, it looks good on you. looks good on you. Oh, man. what a dis- if, if the west side of Cincinnati gets a hold of this. You could be a workman in a second. Uh, yeah, I'm not really worried about the west side of Cincinnati getting a hold of this. <laughs> if Spice Rack sees this, he will move back to Vegas. Spice Rack's got his own issues. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. I think the Panthers have some of some of what is happening in Carolina is flying under the radar because of the you know concern around Cam Newton's recovery. And there are some concerning elements, but let's in this in this world presume that he's healthy by week one. Two people, I think, the, the Panthers for a long time feel like they've been the same seven or eight guys on defense and the same group of people on offense that you kind of could tick it into year after year. 
huge leap coming for Curtis Samuel. And it's, it's, he's, to me, a major breakout figure in that offense. Ron Rivera talked about him as someone who is light years ahead of where he was as a rookie. I thought this quote from Torrey Smith about Curtis Samuel was interesting. He's had the most growth out of any player I've ever seen in terms of confidence, everything. I'm expecting him to have a huge year. He's worked his way to be in that position. So I think the offense, which is starting to shift in the last couple seasons, starts to be anchored around people that didn't even exist in Carolina going back a few years. Curtis Samuel, a big year. And I think that Marty Herney, who you know we've laughed at, who he's on a second run as the Panthers GM, brought in as almost an emergency patch. And he got them into cap hell the first time he was around. Has done a nice job in a, in a number of ways. And, you know, and I think they, with, with Brian Burns, their first pick looks like right away someone that is going to give something they need, which is pass rush, and a home run pick, had two sacks last night, very active player, was someone that played every down at Florida State, a totally reliable, versatile dude. So it's new anchors in Carolina, and it's easy to forget they were 6-2 and two last year before the wheels fell off, before Cam's shoulder went spiritually separating from his body down the stretch. If he's healthy, I think this is a team that can win the division and take New Orleans out. It seems like a pretty settled roster. They have a lot of impact players on both sides of the ball. They need their health. Greg Olson, Cam Newton, Gerald McCoy, Luke Kuechly. Uh But, you know, all these additions, yeah, I really like what they did in the offseason. Bruce Irving is there now. Burns, you mentioned. Uh there aren't many teams that they have good. three guys that can make their own plays after the catch, like Samuel, Moore, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey as as the Panthers. Chris Hogan. All, all young guys. Chris Hogan I'm not as high on. Where was, <laughs> We're he, not allowed where was to... he before? I always forget where he was from. It's a team up. Uh, it was an AFC He was team, the only guy well that done. Tom Brady was throwing incompletions oh, to in the playoffs. Sorry. Connected. Bye-bye. Oh Connected. You're done. There you go. That was so Thank you, Dan. That's so obvious. You're done. I Every forgot. time Dan asks a question, <laughs> I totally forget the game that we're playing. You got the pink helmet. Your head looks huge. <laughs> Greg, not so much of a workman uh, persona to him. Uh, Wes, go ahead. You're up next. Looking good, Dan, about 10 minutes ago, you said sports are about winning and losing. Absolutely. I've always felt that. And I promised to <laughs> dig deeper. So uh, indulge a little bit of a preamble here. Yes. Have you ever think about the evolution of fandom from childhood to grown-up? When you're a child, it's all about the players. They're your heroes. They can do no wrong. That's how you see the game. That's how you experience the game. The first sign that you are losing your hair and getting a fat tire around your midsection mm. and you're a middle-aged fan as you start seeing sport through the lens of team building, why are some teams perennial contenders, whereas others are always like a lost ball in high weeds? And the one thread that runs through all successful organizations in every major team sport is the ability to conceive a simple idea of what kind of team they want to have and then stick to that plan in the face of adversity. Perennial contenders have patience in planning, often coming from one strong-minded visionary, and owners and presidents lose sight of this immutable sports law, that it's the planning and the patience that win. When you have a guiding purpose or philosophy, each move is greater than the sum of its parts because each new player complements each other and the system. And then you look at a team like the Redskins. <laughs> Where does an expensive luxury item like box safety Landon Collins fit on a team that has no offensive nucleus surrounding its quarterback of the future? This team should be rebuilding or embracing the process. 
but the roster and salary cap are built for 2016-2015. This team is built to win the season, but it's the 2015 season. Mm, What you people, what you (laughs) philistines, ingrates, what you pigskin (laughs) ignoramuses don't understand is that the Redskins are in worse shape than any team in the league and have a legitimate shot at the number one pick in the draft, Mm. which usually comes down to inept quarterback play and injuries. That's what usually gets you the number one pick. Other doormat teams have a plan. Washington is simply playing Game of Thrones, consolidating, keeping power, removing all challenges to the power. And it's fitting that they're in the political capital of the country. And in in their chain of command, who can tell the bosses no there? Wow. Yep, and Bruce Allen feels like someone who's been behind where the rest of the league is going for a long time. And I mean, he brought it around. I mean, that's like, yeah, some people out there might have been thinking that the Redskins are going to be lousy and maybe the worst team in the league, but they wouldn't have brought in the geopolitical complications <laughs> to it. Look, so that's what you idiots would not be Look at their salary cap. Adrian Peterson, Alex Smith, Josh Norman, Trent Williams, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, Ryan Kerrigan, Donald Penn. This is a 2015 roster. Looks like they have a nice building block with Terry M- McLaurin. I love with, Terry McLaurin. With Dwayne Haskins. Yes, but yes love they don't him, have but enough this, of that. So. This team is not built to win in 2019. Here, here would be my fear that what could end up happening is – let me make sure they're not on the list. I know. Stop. The Cardinals uh, – what happened with the Cardinals last year, that what happens now is they do a 2-14. and 14, They drop a 3-13 and 13 bomb, Washington, and those decision-makers fall in love with the quarterback and all of a sudden you have that type of situation cooking. Because do you trust them to know how to build a team, how to be patient? You said everyone has a plan. Everyone does have a plan initially, but it, sticking to the plan is the hard part when adversity strikes. What's the old Mike Tyson line? Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Everyone has a plan, but you need a, a guiding purpose and philosophy, and not every organization has that. Well, what, what, what is the Redskins' raison d'etre? We do not know. Survive until next year and keep getting the paychecks. And everyone's fighting for that. Like, Jay Gruden has his this own This is battle. why I say they're Game of Thrones. Bruce Allen's got his own. You know, everyone. It's all I about agree. power in Washington. Rather identity-free. We, we'll have to do our, maybe, we'll call it maybe like a head coach survival rankings or something before the season starts. Jay Gruden is in a terrible spot right now. Mm. Terrible spot. Greg? Are you now ready to go? I mean, I was ready. I don't know why. I just felt like I wanted to hear what the flow was going to be like. We'll attempt to take you seriously with a gigantic pink Um, work hat on top of your head. Greg is getting a vampire facial after today's show. It's tough here. Um, Ah, the French champagne. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Or it's a little extra on Friday. It's interesting. There was only one team um, that was available in the AFC East to talk about. Um, Who wasn't? The Buffalo Bills are the team. Nice try. What am I going to do? Wear two hats? (laughs) Are the team that, while we talk about them here, a lot of it's on the offense. And what I think people are missing out there, kind of the the, the football simpletons, let's be honest, is that Sean McDermott's in his third season as their head coach. And he's in his second full season with his guy, Brandon Bean, bringing the players aboard. And that... He is someone, unlike the Redskins, that I think has had a long-term vision and has had is seen like where this defense is going. And now that we're in season three, I think like it's here. 
It was a fluke they got to the wild card a couple years ago. That was ahead of schedule. But I think this guy's a great defensive coach who has really built up a group of players who are now ready to go. And I think that starts in the secondary. And that's really what people aren't talking about. We've talked about Tremaine Edwards, uh, Edmonds on this show, who could be a breakout uh, middle linebacker. Ed Oliver uh, looks like a great top 10 pick. He's had a big camp. They have a really nice rotation on the defensive line that reminds you of McDermott in Carolina. But if McDermott can do anything better than, than any coach out there, it is coach up the secondary. And this group's great. Tredavious White's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer don't really get a lot of notice, but that is a terrific safety tandem that's been in this system now for a few years. They love Levi Wallace, who's, who's really earning that second cornerback job. They have depth at cornerback where, like the Patriots, they can match up to different players. They have big guys. They have small guys. And McDermott really teaches that secondary well. So even if they're not big names, I think they're a lot to deal with. And I think getting to the third season where they have some continuity and everyone knows this defense really makes them prime to be one of the best defenses in I love that. And if you look at what happened, one of the reasons that Sean McDermott got a head coaching job was because in Carolina, when Dave Gettleman went out of his way to not pay cornerbacks and safeties money, and and McDermott year after year had to work with no names, and he kept coaching them up, and they were never a liability. They outperformed what you would have thought, and he's doing it with more talent now in Buffalo. And he's found his guys like... Teron Johnson's not a guy that we've ever talked about, but he's a fourth-round, second-year pick who they really love as their nickelback. Like, he is their guy. He's been in their system. Their safeties are their guys. And I just look up and down this roster, and I think he thinks, all right, we've put it together. Let's be a top-five defense. I think one misconception is that the Bills are really far away. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. This defense was number two in standard stats last year and number two on Football Outsiders metrics. They're legit. Mm. One more time around the horn. Go ahead, Mark. What you little raging tiny clowns fail to realize. <laughs> Don't think we didn't notice you didn't even mention all that last time around. Yeah, you kind of botched the beginning I, of the segment. I, you know, sometimes I like to, <laughs> when it comes to a seg that we've discussed for seg over botch. 24 hours over text, go in and completely get it wrong. And that is what I did out of Wes, the game. thank you for writing the ship. Uh, I didn't get a chance to say it. I was no, going to say it after the did. show privately. You did. But since Greg brought it up, that's thank my, you. That's well, my, I, believe me. That's I, my MO. That's my I job knew. on the show to bring bring up these options. I, I knew the minute that I finished my ridiculous speech the first time around that I had failed the basic assignment. Don't think that I didn't understand that was on my shoulders. Oh. I was a little thrown off by All right, Mark's that'll be fine. Those, that will those be fine. broad shoulders. I think we've, we've, we've hit that topic deeply enough. Go ahead, what you little tiny circus clowns don't realize <laughs> is that there is a contending team out there that has already given up on their starting quarterback. And they'll go through the masquerade of marching him out there as a starter because they don't really have much of another of a choice this time around. But the Marcus Mariota experience mm. is over before it yes. begins. And I believe... Put it into my veins, Sessler. I believe that deep inside... Team walls in the most secret of rooms in Tennessee. They have already decided that Marcus Mariota's career with the Titans is essentially out. It's wow. over. He, and he I, wants to be a fly on that wall. There is nobody in that on the roster right now that's going to replace him. I think that Ryan Tannehill was brought in as the dictionary definition of a of a, as a stopgap to come in and probably I think he will start six plus games this year. Not because Ryan Tannehill is someone that they're going to view as their future quarterback, but they are going to absolutely assault 
free agency or the draft to find someone to replace Marcus Mariota, who has not developed or grown, whose stats are so far of an outlier compared to other quarterbacks. I understand that there's not a ton of talent around him, but they have drafted one wide receiver after the next. It's not clicked. And at some point, I look at the quarterback not raising the boats around him. And I believe that if you are the coach of the Titans or the general manager, your assessment has already been made, barring Mariota doing something miraculous this season. They're moving on. I already figured it out, by the way. Because they're, they're going to be competitive because they're not a bad team. They're a team that has talent on both sides of the ball. And the quarterback play is not going to be bad enough uh, to sink them. So they'll win seven to nine games. That would be my prediction for the Titans. Uh, but that will not help them come draft time. Hmm. So what they're going to have to do is go to the trade market. Like, or, do, you, do you think they win that division? Do they make the I, playoffs? I'm just saying, I just, I'm just want to follow me down this path, that they're going to go and see what's on the market. And your quarterback in week one in 2020 will be Derek Carr. Book I mean, it. isn't that mentioning someone from one of the band teams, the Oakland Raiders? Ouch. Oh! Give me the helmet. <laughs> Give me the helmet. Give me the helmet. I got to eat it. I got to eat the poop sometimes. I just want to go on record as saying I think that your read on this situation is erroneous, both Dan and Mark. I don't think that there are people in that building who have already moved on. I think they believe in Marcus Mariota, and I think they understand what you knaves <laughs> might not realize. Ooh, he's turning it around on him. He's Ouch. starting. What That's you names might not realize is that Titans went so run heavy last year because their wide receiver and tight end core was decimated. There was no Delaney Walker. Rashard Matthews asked for his release at the beginning of the year. There was no chain-moving slot receiver. So they get go out and get Adam Humphreys. They get A.J. Brown. Delaney Walker's coming back. Now they can evaluate their passing game. Let me ask you a question, Wes. Let's say you get mm. another – Somewhat underwhelming. It, it's not just about numbers, and it's it's about the system you're in if you're Mariota. But you get an underwhelming campaign from him. At what point do we stop blaming everything around Marcus? Not that you're doing this, no, but in I, general, everything is. There's so many excuses made for Marcus Mariota at this point. I, I, other quarterbacks are coming in in year one and making players around them better. Preach. What I'm saying is this is the year. And I, and I think the people in that building believe that, and I do think they believe in Marcus Mariota. That's I do not too. to say Marcus Mariota has lived up to expectations, but I think their decision makers like him. I think the Mariota, the person, is so loyal, like great guy, en- engenders so much loyalty that they do believe in him and that they do want the best for him. You know, I think they're. That's not how I'd make a quarterback evaluation, but he's a good guy. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think I, I think they're still on his side. They have not turned yet. All right, Wes. That was it. That wasn't there. No. Wow. Well, it's, it's news. It's a major shift in expectations that the Steelers are even allowed in this discussion. Mm. And what you dolts, dullards. <laughs> <laughs> Feels personal. Dullard. And all around rocks, blocks, and stones. Don't understand <laughs> is that it wasn't melodrama, melodrama or soap opera storylines that cost the Steelers their annual playoff p- appearance last year. They are much closer to the 2016-17 Chargers. They didn't make the playoffs quite simply because their Pro Bowl kicker cost them multiple games, missed seven field goals, and blew five extra points. And this is a playoff roster. It was last year. It is this year. In a division where the Bengals are banged up, the Ravens have a raw quarterback. Oh, thank you, Ricky. Here you go, Christopher. They project to have a top 10 offense and defense, according to Football Outsiders. Roethlisberger is coming off his best QBR 
since 2007. <laughs> and they have Devin Bush as a defensive rookie of the year candidate mm. who's already p- calling the plays on that defense. It is funny. Everyone was in a rush to bury the Steelers. And, yes, they they don't have Antonio Brown this year. And that is a big deal. As much as everyone loves Juju Smith-Schuster and this organization's ability to um, build at the wide receiver position and quickly, Le'Veon Bell, he wasn't gone. He wasn't there last year. Uh, and they still won what? They won 10 games last year, right? This idea that... You mentioned Antonio Brown, who's on the Raiders, and oh. Le'Veon Bell, who's on the Jets. Oh, snap. So... Don't, don't snap. You really made it tougher, Dan, with this whole, like, players count thing. You yeah, almost made it too hard. But it's I good. mean, 9-6-1. I, I, I stand by More important, I make the point that this team was not in some deep decline. That, that, that they had, even by their bad year standards, a lot of years that would have gotten them Last into the team playoffs. team to beat the Patriots, and they, and they really could have beat the Saints in New Orleans. Oh, here you go, Greg. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's utterly absurd. That, it's like, utterly why are you even trying? Why, what is wrong with me? I'm, I'm ashamed. All right. Uh, Total lack of discipline. Amazing the Saints, by the way, I can't talk about them, are can. not on this list. And I still didn't – That they're not who I'm talking about, but I just found that interesting. Oversight. All right, close it out. Greg. So many options here. Saints, that's an oversight. They should have been on the they list. They should have been on the list. Should have been, right? We talk about the Saints plenty. Yeah, the Saints should have been on. They're on the list for the last segment, so be aware. Dimension. Dimension. Fifteen teams now on the list. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time deciding, but let's let's go down to Atlanta where a lot of focus on, oh, they're going to run the ball more this year. That seems like an odd thing considering they have Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and they're really good at at passing the ball. Like a lot of things, oh, they have their injured players back. that They're going to be fine on defense. But what you paste-eating, you know, paint-huffing, (laughs) glue-sniffing crack addicts out there. I'm proudly. Whoa. Don't really talk about is that they haven't topped the top 20 in defensive DVOA in the entire Dan Quinn era. So you can blame that on injuries or whatever. They haven't been good on defense throughout. And Dan Quinn is a defensive coach who's now their coordinator. And I want to really bring up the fact that Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley, two guys who were not injured last year, are the two most important players on that defense to me because they still don't have enough of a pass rush in my mind without those two guys who ultimately were disappointing. Tack McKinley came on a little bit at the end. I thought he was going to be great. Vic Beasley has been really disappointing. And that defense, which is supposed to be the Seattle defense, it starts with your guys winning matchups up front. And Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley, who are – some of Thomas Dimitrov's, you know, biggest choices and guys that they've believed in over the years have ultimately not kind of come through. And I think that defense and maybe that team goes as these two guys go. And they were not injured a year ago. They just have to be better. And if not, I think they're going to get left behind uh, in a division with the Panthers and another team, which now I can't say. But I could say it because I'm wearing the helmet anyways. What's the difference? I mean, I did realize that. So let's start there. <laughs> uh, I agree with your um macro viewpoint that throughout the Dan Quinn era defense has not been a strength. They always finish strong for some reason, like in December, but that's about it. Well like two thousand seventeen season, you have to admit that for the last three months of the season they were a top ten defense. The last so, so they month have and the, a half, sure. They have the talent to do it. It's just a matter of staying healthy and like you said, Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley gotta get after the passer. 
I mean, I remember them beating a certain team from Los Angeles in the playoffs in Los Angeles. Yeah, they've had little stretches. They've had stretches. Interesting team. They the are. Atlanta Falcons. Put them on the radar. I now feel bad Most about all the teams, teams we thought about, you know, all the other. I mean, you know, if you're a fan of one of the teams that you were down to, it was 18, so one in 18 shot, and we go around and we talk about six different teams, and you still don't get the love. I understand why you're disillusioned, why you're disappointed right now. I mean, the Chiefs were one of those teams. That was, that's the number one seed in the AFC a year ago. Can't even make that list. So I'm, th- I'm thinking about you, Chiefs, and, and your defense. We'll get to you. Make yeah. noise in the season. We'll we you. imagine you will. <laughs> Second year in a row when I've not uh, committed a penalty during this game. Pretty good at it. It's, called, fe- it's called mental control. <laughs> I feel bad for Lions fans, but it's really not on us. It's on their team to get interesting. I mean, just for a month, a month of sustained interesting play. We don't need to be tweeting out your 12-4 and four record in preseason game ones. Come on, Browns. I mean, Lions. Come on. Don't oh, do that. Dan. Oh, yes. Segment was over. No. Segment was over. It's over. You take Segment it. was over. Did they? When I saw no, that tweet, the tweet where you're sending out where the Lions and where 12-4 and four over the years in the preseason – I get that the that's not something that Matt Patricia is signing off on or has any idea that's happening until after the disaster bomb is struck. But isn't there an in-house discussion of this is a terrible idea and we're going to be made fun of for this? Or is someone just given free it, reign the, to the, do something? The tweet like was that? twelve and four in our last sixteen preseason openers, which is tied with two other teams for the best record in that span of preseason. It's openers. like we have. Wait, what? there's a hashtag there too. <laughs> what was the hashtag? I think I mean, it's, it's like Lions, one pride. Lions, one pride. Well, the I mean, it's thing, also way overly complex. The funny thing is they're putting stock into the most meaningless stat ever, and it happens right before they lose thirty-one to three in the preseason <laughs> opener. Yeah. I, you got to save that until work. after the game. I have a simple so explanation. I guess, I guess you're not it's the king of the preseason. A simple mountain. potential explanation that, and hear me out on this, that a lot of people that work in these social media departments, both in this building and also throughout the league, may be young, social-minded, you know, finger on the pulse of pop culture people more than hardcore football fans. Right. So when they get the information packet on the latest from the Lions that comes in-house, they see 12 and 4 and the best in whatever. You know, the kid's like, hey. I, I'm going to throw this out there. Yeah, and that they checks just started, out, but... like, their contract is, like, July through February. Exactly. So it's been there a week. I'm a that checks out, but I would say it's even a softcore football fan would would understand that that's a bit nonsensical to be touting preseason records. But you know, who but knows? But you don't know who knows? anything. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm just saying, it, it, oh, what I'm saying is, let's it's say good, it's a good theory. someone someone creates that content, and what it just you just ushered out into the universe. There's no there is there's no, there isn't someone that does know what 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 should be tweeted or not. Saying, excuse me, uh, son or daughter, go back and do that, redo that little tweet. Put it on Al Gore. Put it on him. It is his. It is on Al Gore. Let's let's close out the weekend. Anybody got big plans? Nick Wessling's in town for one night only. That's great. I wish I could destroy him in cornhole again, but I, I won't you, be around. I bet you do. I won't be around. My son is turning five, Jack, and big party in the backyard. And my my beautiful hmm. wife Emily, uh, she is. Uh, it's her birthday tomorrow, so it's it's a big one. It's a big one in the Hanses house. Congrats! I'll be underground, in other words. If you can steal away for a little bit, they have know. the same birthday. Uh, two days difference. I made uh, homemade Cincinnati style chili. Got Ooh. some pulled pork. We're gonna have all the fixings. On I'm gonna Saturday. come see Nick. Ricky, come on over. Don't oh, yeah. Out. I'm in there. Don't Got me at pulled us. pork. You're going to go? Yeah. She's like, is that going to help my clout? I don't think so. I think there might be a Gonzo and Colleen sighting. What? 
<laughs> just there's too many old all these there. I love hanging out Aldi with you guys. Aussies. Yeah. It all keeps right. me grounded, you know. <laughs> but before <laughs> before we go, there is one little uh final uh bit of news. Uh Robert Kendiche, the former Cardinals first round pick, uh was of course released by uh the team that drafted him twenty ninth overall a few years back. He has landed on his feet with the Miami Dolphins, who uh, bring him in, rehab him as he tries to get back from that torn ACL. Hopefully he'll get in better football shape. The Dolphins are in the organic fish tank, so he kind of makes sense for them as an option. So with that in mind, good way to go into the weekend, Greg, is to be a little a time of hope around Robert Kindiche. Hit it. They try to crush your dreams The cards dealt you out But what they didn't know Was the fish tank was down They say when God closes a door He opens up a Climb back in that window. <laughs> Climb back in that window, Kim DJ. Climb back in that window. Climb back in, it's not too high. You see the irony that we have here with that whole window metaphor. She's the first ballot Hall of Famer, you know. Shall we start the show? How about that? <laughs> so she joined the ownership group at a young age? Or yeah, music? Serena. I mean, the Serena it's picture is just as old. Does that look like <laughs> So we'll start. I have to go doctor. to my orthodontist. You're f- <laughs> Where do you go? Uh, Dr. More follow-up questions. Question. What road is it? Dave like, oh, yeah, Waldman. What, what, when you get to the building, what floor is it inside the building? Like, what suite? What's three ten? What's sort of what's the furniture layout in there? What does it look like? What's the vibe? <laughs> it's very modern and sort of bizarrely modern. All right, let's go. I like him. All right. Yeah. It was a delightful <laughs> fourteen minute off um, off air conversation though. <laughs> Time we start this thing. Because yeah, Fergie, we, we never give a pop over the years. I, we I haven't think given her enough. That's in uh, fact, we have we kind of <laughs> switched her with Gloria Easter Stefan egg. all these years. Let's She's I think she show. was on. <laughs> table it. Stefan table stuff. it. But we'll table for now. All right. The uh, Reds win yesterday? No. <sighs> they've got some good things going on, but they've all of a sudden <laughs> do not have a bullpen worth a <laughs> shit. Whoa. You know, still good? He's hit or miss. Okay. Strikes out a lot of people. Nice. Nice caper nine. Yeah, definitely. Where's the whip at, though? It's a little high. He walks quite a few. No. He gives up back-breaking homers, but that seems to be most pitchers now. Especially with the seams lowered. It's yeah. hard to throw a fork ball on a splitter. For sure. Tanaka's getting mm-hmm. destroyed. Take it offline. Walks <laughs> walks and homers. Nine in a row for the Yanks. Why is Kid Rock twin trending? Um, 
All right, no, let's go. Trump guy. Let's go. Trump guy. By the way, all you have to do is start the music, and that will help. Just start the music. Don't tell me how to do my job. (laughs) She was being part of the bit. (laughs) Yeah, you know, all you got to do is start the music. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. I I don't know. I thought maybe you didn't realize that. Because that will get us in line. It was a good Zeusu impression. (laughs) he, He went after Taylor Swift. That's why. Who? If you want some pop, just go after Taylor. Uh, who? Who? Kid Rock. Oh, you kidding me? Taylor Swift. Kid Rock. Piece of trash. Wants to be that, a Democrat that, because she wants that, to be what? in movies. Period. And it looks like she will talk suck about a phony. That guy was born, off uh, born on as a mil- it was like a millionaire trust fund baby. You got He's their much t- uglier than Brett Michaels. They're all ugly. The long ass hair, stupid. They're bad ass. boys. No, you, they're not. You don't like guys I mean, with long they hair. They think they're bad no. boys. I hate that. Man, you, you should have always... been around in the 80s and I 90s. know. I just all right, take start, them all out. Start the music. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I, like a woman, I like a woman with a good-looking tattoo for sure. I find that sexy. It's dangerous. Definitely switch things up a little dangerous. bit. Dangerous. Yeah. Got to be in the right spot. Can't be too garish. Not too big. No, I don't mind if it's big. If I'm it's, with as Greg. As long as it okay. looks cool, it's hot. I'm with Greg. Yeah, you... it's their body, Dan. Piece <laughs> you should go to like but some it's taste. No, it's not. No, I, I can't. I can't have you an can't opinion have an anymore. Opinion. Uh, not in the modern climate. No, you, no, you can't. No, piece you you will admit to what anyone else finds. pieces of shit. He gives you after your You're years a piece of oppression. Be turned on by what the girl does. Gross, disgusting <laughs> man. I'm just saying I am. You can be. You can feel whatever. All right, here you want. we go. We're on mic. Dan is a worthless man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring. Your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.